0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Heaven Land Devotions, The Little Green Pasture. I want to welcome everybody back to receive more of Living Waters. I was spending time in devotion today as usual, and I was really moved by something. Well, I was moved by something a couple of days ago, and it has been in my heart, and I keep thinking about it and thinking about it, and I think those are the things that we're supposed to share. You know, there's some things that move us and then they kind of move on and we, unfortunately, we forget about them. But there's something that stays with us. And I know enough that that is the Holy Spirit. And so I want to share a little devotion of something that moved me so much. And so therefore, I'm going to pray first and then I'm going to pour out that living water. Dearest Lord Jesus, I thank you again so much for yet another day, Lord, where you have already gone before me, just like you told your disciples that you would go before them into Galilee, just like you told them to go up into mount to the mountain and you would meet them there because after you died and you were resurrected, I take that as the standard of your ways with us and so therefore Jesus I know you have gone before me today I don't know exactly everything that I'll be saying but I will rely on the flow of your Holy Spirit help me to say those things that move me that morning and yesterday and today Lord I thank you so much I lay it all down at your feet and I ask for help that you be with my mouth and that you move in the hearts of all those that love you so much and are seeking for you. And I pray, Lord, all that will hear this will be those that are, that hunger, that do hunger and thirst for you for righteousness. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. You know, devotions are such the life of a believer. And they, everything with a believer deepens in time. This word we have read so many times in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It doesn't say they might be or, uh, or suggest something else. It says if you're hungry and you're thirsty, then you're a blessed one because God, Jesus Christ is the bread of life. I always think of devotions as sitting at Jesus's table. Jesus sat at Zacchaeus's table. He sat at a lot of people's tables during his earthly days of his flesh. I think of the woman in Song of Solomon chapter one. I don't have the verse before me, but it says something like this. For the king sitteth at my table and my nerd sent forth a sweet savor. And sometimes Jesus, we have to realize he comes and sits at the table of our hearts. He wants to dine with you. He wants to come into your house, just like he did with Zacchaeus. He wants to talk to you, commune with you. I pray that all of us will be as little as little Zacchaeus in our hearts, always wanting him to come to our house. Although Zacchaeus never asked Jesus to come to his house, but you know that's what he really wanted. Maybe that is why Jesus said, come down from that tree, Zacchaeus. Today, I must abide with thee at thine house. Who knows if somehow the Father in heaven heard something in Zacchaeus's heart that said, I would love to have him visit me in my own house. And that's Jesus Christ. That story wasn't just a, a historical event, but for all of us to say, Lord, come abide with me today and sit at my table. And the words that God will speak to us are always available. And so when I saw that in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. And so um, I had shared this before, but there was a day that, uh, and I just shared this recently, but I'll say it again, just for what I'm talking about today in this devotion um, that I had been like, Looking for something that I wanted to share, I call it going fishing in a way because I'm throwing my pole in and my line, and I'm seeing what a, what am I going to pull up out of the sea of His love today to feed many. And one day I just came up empty, and I I had a vision of the Lord, and I heard Him in me, and I saw my own hands in front of me, and He said, "The reason you are empty is because you have lately you have been taking from me." with one hand and your other hand taking it out of that hand and feeding others but you're not feeding of me you see Jesus wants to feed you Jesus wants to give you and he wants to quench your thirst he wants to satisfy you and so so many this fast-paced world everybody's doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that and they are so sadly empty. This is not a rebuke. This is not me coming here and saying this is what everybody needs to do. Everybody has a life. But let these seeds fall where they will if it doesn't pertain to you, then that's just that's just fine. It's okay. But if you are alive in Jesus Christ, then you are always thirsty and you are always hungry. I read something about a Danish uh, and Icelandic sculptor by the name of Albert Bertel Thorvaldsen. He was alive between 1770 and 1844. And it says about him, Thorvaldsen worked long and with great enthusiasm upon the statue of Christ. But when at last it was completed, a deep sadness settled over him. When asked the reason for this, he replied, This is the first of my works with which I have ever felt satisfied. Till now, my ideal has always been far beyond what I could execute, but it is no longer so. I shall never have a great ideal ever again. He reached the epitome of his craft. And that very thing was the statue of Jesus Christ. It's beautiful. I I looked it up and it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. So the satisfaction with his work was to him the sure indication that he had reached his best achievement. He would grow no more because there was now no longing in his soul for anything better. He recognized this and therefore the pain of his heart. And so it says further, in all life, this applies, this law applies. Hunger is a mark of health, and the want of appetite proclaims disease. The ceasing of the desire of knowledge shows that intellectual growth has ended. So, in spiritual life, unsatisfaction is the token of health. Blessed are. The unsatisfied. Blessed are they who long for more and more. The mark of healthy spiritual life is an intense thirst for God, a deep, passionate yearning for closer, fuller, richer, more satisfying communion with God Himself. The life of believers is one of insatiable thirst of quenchless yearning and divine discontentment, always longing by visions of new life, new joy and new attainment. And you know, when I read that, I thought about my own life. And maybe you can think about your own life too. That there was always this insatiable thirst in me And to this day, it's never ended. I'm as thirsty ever as I've ever been. I'm hungrier than I've ever been. And the more I partake of Jesus Christ, the more I partake of his word. He lives in his word. And the more thirsty I am, the more he pours water out. I love this word in Isaiah. And it's Isaiah chapter 44. And it says. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass as willows by the water courses. There's something that I saw that meant so much to me and of what was written here. And it was written by A.B. Simpson. That's who wrote this. And the part that touched me so much is a part that he talked about the divine unsatisfaction and the divine discontentment. And I cried. I did. I said, Yes. That is exactly how it feels. There's always this discontentment, this this, div- and it's divine. It's, it's not just a discontentment. It's not trying to gain knowledge so you can outpace somebody else who's just an intellectual person. But there's always this yearning this di- well, yes, there's a journey, but let me stick to the point. There's this divine unsatisfaction and a divine discontentment that A.B. Simpson was speaking about. There is a life inside of us. This life that has been bought with a price by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And it has a future. You have a future. And you know what? This morning I was talking to the Lord. And I said to him, Lord, I said, J.I. Packard said in his last words, when he was asked, what do you want people to be, you know, what do you want people to remember you for? He said that I pointed everybody to the pasture lands, which meant heaven. And, you know, I say this with absolute humility because I am in no way anything of that caliber of that man, J.I. Packard, and I'll honor I honor that very much. But I say, yes, but J.I. Packard has gone now and he's still our teacher in all these beautiful books. I said, but Lord, let me also be one that points to the pasture lands in heaven. I want to always be known as that. I don't want to be known as a busybody in other men's matters. I don't want to be known as trying to compete with somebody else in their field that God has given them, boast in in other people's. Uh, things that they do for the Lord. That's their fields. But there's this life, this energizing, this vivifying. It's vivid and strong that says, yes, I'm seeing it more and more. And this eternal life. And so this divine discontentment, this divine unsatisfaction, it goes to show that there's nothing in this world that will satisfy us number one that's external but the more we we spend time with jesus christ with the person of him not just what we can get for him not just to get piecemeal things for him like we can say well you know i'm going to ask you know for god give me more love and god give me more patience and god give me this that is all good if you're lacking those things by all means ask for it. But you know, the source of that and the outlet of that is the very life of Jesus Christ alive in you. And so all those things that we ask for are him. It's his life. It's his immortal life living in you. You know, I think what happens afterwards is you start to really see from a distance and from a really good view that Your will, in a very honest way, is over time surrendering to him. And as your will is surrendering to him, his will is coming in. And you are doing his will. And you see his will as your own. You still have your will. Understand that. It's still intact but everything that he is and all that eternity is, eternity wouldn't even be eternity if Jesus wasn't there, but we are truly trending and moving towards that. You know, I think about the years past, think about it when you were younger, you praised the Lord, you read his word, you did things for him but there's a different praise. There's a different things that you, we do in for him different way that we walk different way that we think different, different, like better eyesight and what we were before is not who we are today. He's preparing us to go to a prepared place. You know, I look at the, this Christmas season right now and, and, everybody's busy shopping and they're busy planning and they're doing all these things but i felt so strong in my heart from the lord that while all these external things are happening those who and i know that there's many that will agree with this that because this is what happens to me that there's always this fire burning i spoke about that fire that's always burning upon the altar leviticus six thirteen. it never goes out and no matter what we're doing and where our days are being overtaken and by plans being made for us and Things that we have to do and places that we have to go and stuff that we have to do. There is a fire that's always burning. And it's a a fire that brings us in this world. After we've spent time with the Lord daily, by and by, there is a divine unsatisfaction, a divine discontentment. Because we want him so much. I chose to talk about this today because I remember when I was younger and I was so on fire for the Lord. And I had to go through a lot of things. And many of you have written to me and you say the same things. But notice when you casually serve the Lord, lukewarm believers are fine with you, sinners are happy fine around you. But notice when you start to shed the world and you start to reach forth, leaving behind the things that are gone, reaching and reaching forth to the things that lie ahead and you're ever pressing forward to the upward call of our prize in Christ Jesus, that the lukewarm people begin to get mad at you. Sinners don't want you around them. You start to feel this kind of antagonism of this world and even those that are close to you. Maybe they don't even know why they're feeling this about you. But you know what happens in a person like that? If you are that person, there's something happening to you. You're dying. You're dying to it all. And God allows you to feel all of that so you could pass through those fires and that you die and you're always getting to that point of attaining greater things in Christ always being called to come up higher you know I remember this couple his name was Dave Neal I've talked about him before and him and his wife he was from England and this was probably 13-14 years ago and, he's gone home to be with the Lord a long time ago and I loved them so much. And they were, he was a mighty man who prayed. He is interceding continuously. And I just loved him so much And his wife. And you know, he spoke to me one day about a woman. Um, I would talk to him from time to time and, and I said, Dave, Dave, how would, how have you been? He goes, well, I went this weekend to go see a woman who was, who's in her nineties and she was a missionary her whole life, but they forced her to come home because she got too old. And you know, she just needed, it was just time for her to go home. And he said, I said, well, you know, obviously I was like, wow, you know, that was a long time to be on the mission field. I don't know how long she had been gone, but had been home, but it was something of her entire life. And he said, he asked her, he's well, not just asked her, but he said to her, you know you are at that age where pretty soon you are going to go to heaven and she replied to him on earth we breathe as air in heaven we will breathe his glory and i never forgot that and i don't want to be so many people are like the sculptor they do all this external work again this is not to judge people I'm not the judge this is an expression a view I'm seeing an observation and they do all this external work and they reach to some peak where they really can't go anywhere and then they just plateau out and then they just become like a dry riverbed Thorvaldsen. I don't know if he was a believer or not, I don't know, I didn't look, but he made Christ, an image of him, the finest work he ever made, I don't think anything rivals it, and he gave it all, he worked and worked on it and gave it his best skill, until the point where he could not achieve Any more than that. And I think that's mostly the Christian life. Or else people stop along the way. They don't want to go any further. They're happy with half measures. They'll still go to heaven and enjoy the Lord. But there's something about the believer. There's something about the believer that. Has this unsatisfaction, this divine unsatisfaction that, as A.B. Simpson said, is the token of health. Blessed are the unsatisfied. Blessed are they who long for more and more. The mark of healthy spiritual life is an intense thirst for God, a deep, passionate yearning for closer, fuller, richer. Communion with him alone. And it's real. And when you really spend that time with him, where you say, I don't know, I just gotta be with you, Lord. There's something that happens that's in your heart, you see. This it starts with a thought, but really it's a thought of your heart, because your heart is really who you are. Because really, when it comes down to it, it's what's in your heart. It doesn't matter what's in your head or your brain. The brain isn't spiritual, but the heart is. It's who you are. And there's this eternity of eternities. And I've been speaking about that a lot lately because I know Jesus wants me to. Because you see, Amy Carmichael even put it this way in this most beautiful sentence. She said, to God, eternity is open before him and spread out like a meadow. See, when we are really understand and we are given that revelation of eternity, then we are able to be vivid and strong for Jesus Christ. We're not doing anything anymore to get something from him. We just wanna be with him. You know, I, I read a story recently, Um, about what rabbis, uh, what was written by rabbis many, many, a long, long time ago. And it said that, uh, old rabbi scholars had written about Joseph that after he had gathered all the corn, that the wheat that they were, um, the chaff that was coming off the wheat that they were beating that he made sure that they had the chaff thrown into the river going downstream so that all the people furthest down the stream saw the chaff and knew where the abundance of food was. Isn't that beautiful? So you see from heaven, the abundance of that food, that bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our beloved. He is always sending from heaven. He's always sending. So we see where to find, where to find the abundance of food. I love something Jackie Pullinger said. She said, the gospel is, how'd she say it? She said, the gospel When you share the gospel said it gives life to the receiver and death to the giver. But that death makes that life of Christ come out of us. I love that so much. So many people right now are so tired. They are so exhausted. They're seeing all the news that's happening. We're seeing all these things, but you know what I believe? What Jesus has been saying in my heart for a while now. Yes, it's true. But I want them to follow me through it. I don't want them to lose heart. I don't want them to look at that. I want them to remember to always follow me. He wants you to follow him. Just like he went through that crowd of people who tried to throw him off the cliff. He wants you to follow him no matter what anything looks like. And I want to remind you of something. Remember that story in the book of Numbers, chapters 10 and 11. It talks about the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. And whenever that cloud moved, the children of Israel packed up their tents and all their things and they moved. And wherever the clouds stood, they stood whether it be for a year or three months or a few days, they stayed. But as long as they stayed, as long as they stayed where the pillar stayed, God fed them and he clothed them and he took care of them. So follow him. Live under that cloud, that beautiful cloud. He'll take care of you. And begin to rejoice. The best thing in us, as A.B. Simpson said, is never what we are, what we have already reached, but the longing for that, which is yet higher and better. Blessed or the unsatisfied.